Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music in Three Songs, where you get to learn everything you need to know about music in three songs from the perspective of a 20-something-year-old. That would be you. And a 40-something-year-old. And that would be me. That would be you. You, right. uh, you ready? Yeah, so I'm, what I'm, are we going to do today? Don't look over here. Don't cheat. I'm, just tell me. I, before we start, I want to remind you of something. So I'm going to play something that you had said on a previous podcast that we did, and I want to mm. just, just tweak your memory. I can already Listen. tell. Listen. No, this is going to bring us into song number one. This is a long time ago. This is you, okay? 67. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, you weren't even born. No, I know, but it's not that long ago, is it? Just, this, hold on. I mean, I mean the 60s is, musically, though, this is where it was happening. The 60s is about as early as I'll go. I like the 60s music, but the 60s is as early as I'll go before I'm like, okay, this is just not for me. Okay? Really? Oh, okay. There's no wow. one who in the 50s made, oh, Name somebody I, out of the 50s that's really good. Dude, name somebody out of the 50s that's really good. Do you remember saying that? Okay, I would like. Do you remember to, saying that? Yes, okay. and you know what? I stand by that statement. Good. I know we're about to probably do like Elvis Presley <laughs> nope. or something, nope. Nope. or or somebody nope. out of the fifties. Okay, have I heard of this person? No. <laughs> there you go. No, <laughs> which is wrong. Which is the point of this podcast is we need to teach each other about things that we wouldn't normally know. Dude, we were st- people were still cleaning up from World War Two <laughs> in the fifties. <laughs> that's fair, but for you to say that there's no one of that period that's musically relevant is wrong. I mean, obviously, nobody is kind of like a broad statement, but let's just be honest and say that not that much cool stuff was happening in the 50s. The I'm, 50s was pretty lame. No, oh, you're so wrong. What was cool about the 50s? Uh, There's so much. Do your piece. There's so do much. Your, do your but piece. I'm going to get the... Re- so I took it as a personal challenge. Sorry, baby boomers. <laughs> I took it as a personal challenge to find someone in the 50s that was unbelievably not only relevant, but left a mark that you would not know. But I bet you, and I'm going to go on the, out on the limb here and say, the three songs that I chose, you know all three of them. All right, do it. I'm going to talk about Walden Robert Casado. <laughs> I mean, he sounds like a French painter. Okay, that was his real name. His stage name was Bobby Darren. And Bobby Darren is one of the most important, most influential, and best entertainers ever. Ever. The worst part. Of, I mean, I'm already <laughs> having a negative. That's the best name he could come up yeah. with. The most exciting no. thing. Okay, so Bobby we'll, Darren. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll it's get like to your that. Neighbor, your jerk In fact, neighbor, we'll get. Listen, we'll, get, we'll get right to it. He changed his name to Bobby Darren after seeing. <laughs> actually, <laughs> you're gonna love this. I, I can already see you making fun of me. He saw a takeout food sign for Mandarin food, but the M-A-N was broken. (laughs) So it was just Darren. And he loved the way that it looked in lights. So sick. (laughs) All right. So he was born in 1936 in Harlem, New York. And I'm going to tell you, by the end of this podcast, you're going to go, this guy is awesome. Mm-hmm. This guy is awesome. Oh, yeah. A couple things real quick. He was actually married, um, excuse me, raised by his grandmother, Polly, and thought it was his real mother because his mother, who was the real mom, he thought was his sister because she had him when she was only 17. 
Mm. And so he, he didn't know until very later in life, and he didn't take it very well. And his mom, his real mom, who he thought was his sister, Nina, never told him who the father was, which is pretty crazy. How long did he get? I feel like that's honestly, you know what? I feel like that's not that uncommon. I think that happens. Maybe you're right. I feel, I feel like Maybe. I've heard of that happening multiple times. It's pretty crazy, though. And it, it is it, wild. And towards the end of his life, it really, really bothered him, but he never, he never figured it out. He never knew it. But he started his musical career by just getting into instruments. So he started playing the guitar. He started playing piano. He played drums a little bit. He even played some xylophone, which I would love for you to make fun of me about a little bit. Um, but then he started to be a songwriter. One of the people that he wrote songs for was Connie Francis, who I know you don't know, but she sang songs the like... A teeny-bopping heartthrob of a lady. Anyway, so I'm going to leave you with that. But Is that one of the songs? No, it's not. I just want you to get a taste of Connie Francis. I mean, Connie Francis is another 50s popular, really important singer. Sounds sick. Conchetta Rosa Maria Franker Francarno, I believe is her real name. <laughs> oh my God. All right, let's get to it. This is important. All right, so Bobby Darren in 1958, he's, so he's writing songs for uh, people that, you know, would record. He, that, that was just his job. He was a songwriter. So he starts writing songs for himself, and in 1958, he writes this song. Splish splash, I was taking a bath Long about a Saturday night Is this like a satire episode? Like No, I'm going to win you over by the end of this uh, on the end of this podcast. You are off to a terrible no, start. Hold on, stay with me. Now, you heard this song, right? Did I get one for one? Yeah. Yes. Yep, you're right. All right, I'm I one for one. Song. This sold a million copies. This song, my <laughs> uh, song was huge, okay? He becomes this teeny bopper sensation himself. He marries this girl named Sandra D, who's this model, actress, heartthrob. Sounds like it. Mm -hmm. Seriously, right? And he and her are just killing it in the late 50s with songs that are very cheesy. They're very, they're very pleasant filled. They're very black and white 1950s. Now, the, <laughs> you're very, very, wait, 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 say that again. Very 1950s. Yeah. Very cheesy. They're very, not. They're not. They're important to the era. I wish and they're important we to the beginning. So see my face. I know that if your eyes roll back any farther, you're going to be able to see your own brain. But, but <laughs> listen, you got to understand the period, okay? And we're going to build from here because this guy's really mm-hmm. important, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is Splish Splash, song number one. And the <laughs> grin that you have is just absolutely fantastic. All right. So from here, this is where Bobby Darren starts to make a bit of a turn. He starts to not make songs like this. He wants to become serious. And specifically, he really gets a fascination with Frank Sinatra. And he mm-hmm. wants to sound like Frank okay, Sinatra. Okay, Frank Sinatra's cool, for the record. Really cool. Yeah. Now, by the end of this, you're going to think this guy is... Maybe just as cool. Quit telling me that and just show All me right. this guy. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm working. I've heard Splish Splash. So he wants to be like Frank Sinatra. He starts to adjust his voice, his mannerisms, his style to be just like Frank Sinatra. And he's, he's really good at it. I mean, he starts to swing like Frank Sinatra. So one of the songs that he does, which is absolutely his biggest song, the song that he's known for, the song that's most important, actually came from an opera. And this is the opera's version. So the reason I'm playing this is because this is from the Three Penny Opera, okay? 
how could he take this song and make it a swinging, just jiving, awesome song? Do you pick it up yet? Louis Armstrong did it first in 1956, which was good. But then in 1959, Bobby Darren does his version, and his version absolutely smacks. Do you know the song I'm going to play yet? No. <laughs> no? All right. Do you know song number two, which is this song? Mac the Knife. Oh, the shark baby has such teeth. No, and it shows you don't honestly know this song. No. Pearly It's oh, heartbreaking. Just a jack knife. This song, listen, now you remember Splish Splash? It's the same guy. And it keeps it out of sight. If I told you this was Sinatra, would you, you know go, yeah, that's that about right? But yeah, honestly, I'd buy that. With his teeth, This Scarlet song hits number one for Billboard in 1959. It earns him a Grammy Award for Record of the Year. And it's so popular that he gains unbelievable popularity and starts setting Vegas records for attendance. And he, this song, I mean, it, I, I, I'm sorry, but it's just a quintessential, maybe top 50 ever kind of a song. No, it's not. Yes, it no, is. Not. I'm sorry, you just don't feel it. Even his idol, Frank Sinatra, who actually recorded it after him with the Quincy Jones uh, Orchestra, said, you know what? No, Bobby Darren's version was the definitive version. Like, this is it. And, the, and, and honestly, the meaning is incredible. I mean, although it's upbeat, this is a song about a, a cold-blooded murderer. Like, a serial murderer. You really don't know this song? I mean, it sounds like... Sounds like a lot of Frank Sinatra songs. Okay. Like, listen to his phrasing. Listen to the way he's grooving. He says stuff like, scarlet billows start to spread because of the murder. It's not just like, oh, his blood is like pouring on the floor. Like, he, he has, there's, there's phrasing to it. And he's even got a little bit of New York slang, like, five will get you ten, Mackie's back in town. I mean, there's really cool stuff going on here. Just listen, listen to this. Now, you probably don't pick it up. The, the, the song starts in the key of C. He does two verses in C. Then he modulates upward to D flat, then to D, then to E flat, then to E, and finally to F. There's six different ascending chord structures here. That was also kind of common for them, though, right? Frank Sinatra did stuff like that. A little that. bit. Not quite to this degree. Just listen. Just listen. Wow, you've never heard this. Okay. Not one time that I know of. I mean, uh, maybe. Is it a po- is it a popular song? Oh, my God. Seems like something I'd seen in, like, a war movie. Okay. All right. Well, you don't, you don't win them all, I guess. All right. It's good. It's good. My point, my point is he converts himself to this crooner, to this swinger, and kills it. I mean, he starts with, let, let me play one more real quick, just, just to give you an idea of where he goes. Alone in the world was poor little land. Like, 
listen to his voice. As sweet a young child as you Let me ask you this, like just just while we're talking about this, because I know you I know you definitely don't know this song. Let me ask you this. When you hear this, you got you got that like snappy, jazzy kind of Sinatra feel to the back of the song, right? Right? A little bit of a groove, a yeah. little bit of a swing tune to it. Okay. Do you feel like this song has, just by its musicality, an upbeat kind of a song? Like, is it a happy song or sad song? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's a happy song. Like, look, wait, let me let me get into this. It's a upbeat. It's yeah. She made artificial flowers. Artificial flowers. Yeah, those horns make it seem yeah. real happy. Yeah. The brilliance of the song like this is that it's actually a song about a nine-year-old girl who loses her parents and has to make artificial flowers in order to make a living. And one night, in a snowstorm, she freezes to death. Do you think this guy just doesn't understand? (laughs) No, no, no. Real question. Do you just think that maybe Mr. Darren doesn't understand music theory and doesn't realize that this is not how songs are supposed to be when they're... Like, this is... They probably... Did the backing track for this, and he was like, "No, oh, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about a girl freezing to death." No, this is purposeful. This happens to be also like upbeat. I know, but that's the beauty of this dichotomy of an upbeat, swinging groove and big band sound about a little girl who has to sell artificial flowers. It's brilliant. Listen to him. They, I mean, look, there have been people that said he can outswing Sinatra. We're going to go on to song three. All right. So after that, we're going to song three, which is fine, which mm-hmm. is fine. What's song three? Do I, am I going to know song three? I, I, I really thought you were going to know song two, if I'm honest. I'm taking a real shot here with song three. In 1966, he does a, a bit of a turn once again and, and does a song that is actually a country song. Oh, I'll probably know it then. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay, let's hear it. And he starts to get a little politically motivated starts to go a different route, starts to get a little folksy, and he makes a, a song. No, no, this is 1966. He was just crooning, and then he goes this route. This is song three, If I Were a Carpenter. Now listen to his voice on this. If I were a carpenter And you were a lady This is Bobby Darren. Would you marry me anyway? I feel like I have heard this song. Okay, two for three. I'll take two for three. One and a half. He traveled around with Robert F. Kennedy and actually worked on his campaign Mm. and was actually there with Robert Kennedy the day that he traveled to Los Angeles for the California primary and was there at the Ambassador Hotel the night that Kennedy got shot and died. Sad. I know, which is pretty crazy. After that event... He pretty much became a loner and left and just went to live in the mountains of California in Big Sur. But not listen, a bad place. Not a bad place, but listen to this. I mean, this is not Splish Splash. And you're talking a time of seven years in between these things. This is not really a country song. Just because there's a fiddle in the background doesn't make no, it a country song. No, I agree. Song. But all of the songs on this album were country songs. And the drummer on this album was Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon, who was also the drummer for Derek and the Dominoes, when we talked right, about with Layla. Right, exactly. right. All right, so I get it that those songs necessarily aren't your style, but do you see the versatility of this guy? Now, let, yes. me, just, let me just go through this. 
1973, he develops an infection from a weak heart that he had since he was a child and dies. Okay? Sadly. How old was he? When he died, he was, oh, man, I want to say he was young. He was like 37 when he died. Mm, Yeah, that's because that was before medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listen. Just let me just say this. He won two Grammy Awards, four gold records. He won an Oscar nomination for a work in a movie in 1963. He had 41 songs on the Billboard charts. 41. That's actually Hold on. really impressive. He made 15 albums. And oddly, the last record label that he was on was Motown. How about that? Hmm. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He also was a teen heartthrob. He married a teen heartthrob. He was a songwriter, a jazz crooner, a Vegas showman, a folk singer, a TV star, was in 13 films, a political activist, and a country artist. One guy. That is a lot. I mean, come that on. Is, that, is a, that is accomplishing stuff. I mean, it's hard enough to be one of those things, but to be all of them, that's pretty come cool. Come on, that's, that's pretty cool. I understand the being a heartthrob thing. I totally get that. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, like, it would be really hard to be all of those. Some appreciation for this guy from the 50s? Some? No, Can no, I no, get... no, no, no. The guy was definitely cool for the 50s. Okay. But. Okay, here comes the button. He was cool for the 50s. You're not saying the music was important? I mean, maybe you're not connecting with Mac the Knife. Maybe I didn't do a good enough job to explain how important that song was. You did a really good job explaining who this guy was. Because I I would have died never knowing who this man was. Seriously. (laughs) Okay. I would have thought that Splish Splash, Taking a Bath, was a Teletubby song that just, like, some (laughs) guy covered. I feel feel good about myself. I can sleep well. So so I know a lot. But I just would like to kind of reaffirm that with a couple exceptions... The 50s were not all right, cool. All right, then the challenge is still there for me. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you're I mean if, you're, if you're bringing me this guy, this is the first guy from the 50s we've done. You're bringing me this dude. He's cool, but, I mean, I'd he never heard of really him. He's really cool. He's really cool. I mean, we'll go out with this. I hope you know this song. Hey, I really only didn't know one then, I guess. All right, so you know this, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, that's pretty good. But I, right, we'll I thought this was Sinatra. Ah, and, and there you go. And there you have it. That shows the versatility of this guy. Yeah. But it's not that hard to emulate certain art. Like, there's always somebody out there that can, like, emulate an artist. I think, it, it, I think it's a lot more to difficult to go your own direction. To do it at the level that he did and kill it. As popular and as successful as he was, though, is pretty incredible. I'm going to test this knowledge. I'm going to ask my, uh, well, I can't ask my grandparents because they were too young for this. Literally, (laughs) I'm not kidding you. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. (laughs) All right, fine. But look, I I wanted to at least do that because of the challenge in front of me with with the 50s. I wanted to give you a guy you never would know, and I really hope to go three for three with the songs, but it's okay. I'll take it. You should spend some time with Mac the Knife and really understand it, not only musically, but the words. And, and hit, I mean, he, he absolutely killed it. It's, it's I, a special song. But we'll leave it there, and we'll, we'll continue the challenge. But I just want you to know, I want you to know that guy. I want you to understand him. I, I get it. I just don't, I'm going to be honest. I will, because as with every one of these things that we've done, right. I will listen to him, okay. and I will give him a chance, because I've done it with all of them. And honestly, I've started listening to a lot more Led Zeppelin. Appreciate it. Um... 
Simon and Garfunkel is somebody that I thought I'd probably never okay. really get after. Good. Good. But really, all these people that I've been opened up to, I just got to be honest, I don't know if... Uh, uh, if he'll make I that list. Fair enough. List. It's okay. At least do you'll you, know do you those listen- things. Okay, so I respect what he's done, but do you listen to this kind of music? Like, if you're cruising... Okay, if I'm honest, if Mac the Knife comes on... It's okay on, if you don't. It's no, not no, 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 I understand. If Mac the Knife comes on and I'm in the car, it's absolutely going to play through. Okay. It's an unbelievable song for me. Fair, fair enough. And there's a couple of other songs that he has, and I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, Artificial Flowers, the one I played you, is incredible for me, what he did with that song. But if Splish Blast comes on it, I'm flipping <laughs> I'm flipping it. I'm sorry. And all of his country stuff, I do not connect with that. But the crooner stuff, absolutely awesome. That's absolutely. fair. But you're not going to, like, flip through your phone and be like, oh, I'm going to listen to this song right no. now. Yeah, probably no. not. But I wanted you to understand this guy, because he's pretty, he's pretty important, especially to the era. And I thought you would kind of dig just everything that he did in such a short period of time, 37 years. All right, anyway, we'll leave it there. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. That was-